This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I mean, y'all got to give me something. No chance uh, am show, I going to try to sing this one. No, not sing it, but give me a shoulder bob. Oh. Give me a little, give me a little something with this. MJ, greatest of all time. Come on now, guys. Bring us in now. I, I, I'm so, trying to get my shoulder bop going. Something. Give me something. <laughs> the shoulder bop from Evan. <laughs> it's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Why do you have to make everything awkward? That's my job. Presented by, that's why I was hired. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Got awkward last night for the Jets, to say the least. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Many people speculating about that Achilles, including the head coach, which I guess is not speculation, obviously. Um, And we are waiting on the injury report about Rodgers. There is a chance his Jets season ends after four plays, zero completions. There is a chance his Jets career, as CeCe and Smalls have speculated this morning, could end after four plays if he does not want to have to deal with the rehab at 40 years old at this point in his first ballot Hall of Fame career as he hurts himself against the Buffalo Bills last night in a game in which the Jets won at home. And the Bills, nobody's lucky that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but the Bills are lucky that there is a story bigger than that of their loss last night. Because if that was just a straight loss, and Rodgers, for whatever reason, wasn't playing, and we knew he wasn't playing, and they lost to Zach Wilson that way, 22-16 on a punt return touchdown, that's an awful loss to start the season for what it was supposed to be and is supposed to be a Super Bowl team. Well, let's be clear about one thing. As great as the Jets' defense was, that loss was on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Like, I, I hate to take credit away from what the Jets did as a team because it's hard to get off the mat when the guy that, that you thought was the savior of the franchise gets hurt four snaps into the regular season and likely will be gone for the rest of the year. But that was a 10-point game at halftime. If the Buffalo Bills just decided to run the ball every freaking play in the second half, it would have been better off than Josh Allen turning the ball over three times and opening the door for the Jets not only to get back into that game, but to take the lead late and end up winning on a pump return in overtime. And here's the thing that makes it even worse. The, the Bills won the coin flip in overtime. They got first crack at it. And you would think that Josh Allen, under those circumstances, would be able to find a way to engineer a scoring drive. Not so much. And Smallman, you gave the stat. This dude is 0-5 in overtime games in his NFL career. Those things are problems. The turnovers are issue. Josh Allen not being able to take advantage of opportunities when the defense presents them and not being able to basically manage the game and, and play within himself to keep from losing the game. Those are things that continue to pop up. And if they do, and it continues to trend this way, then it's hard to envision in a loaded AFC that the Buffalo Bills are going to make the postseason. You brought up that 0-5 record in overtime games, by the way. It's the worst of any starting quarterback in NFL history. The worst of any starting quarterback in NFL history. And the Buffalo Bills expected to not only be in that game last night, but think about how deflating it was after Aaron Rodgers left in that cart. I mean, we felt it at home. I can't imagine what it felt like in the stadium. And they had an opportunity to really exert themselves, to say this offseason it was all about the Jets. It was about hard knocks. It was about Aaron Rodgers. You have Zach Wilson coming in, and we are going to show you why the Buffalo Bills are still going to win this division and why we are still Super Bowl contenders. And instead, they did anything but. And Zach Wilson comes in in his second drive, throws a pick to Matt Milano. Like, throws it right to him. I mean, at that point, the defense is riding high. You got a double-digit lead. Why are you taking chances with the football? 
Why are you throwing into double coverage in the middle of the field when you don't move the post safety off of it with your eyes? Why are you leaving uh, 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 the ball inside on a seven cut where the safety can undercut it and get an interception? Why are you fumbling the ball on a shotgun snap? Like, those are things that can't happen. Ball handling issues, something so fundamental to your offense, it's not as if that's not a play that you run a thousand times in training camp or a play you've run a thousand times in your previous five years of your career. So the mistakes that we saw from Josh Allen are absolutely unacceptable, and that, to me, has got to be the most frustrating part for Sean McDermott. And and I'm going to bring this up again. The loss of Leslie Frazier is bigger than people are making it out to be. That is something that's understated. Because on top of the game management hat that Sean McDermott wears as the head coach, he now has to call plays. You just have to wonder how much that factored into the management of the game in the second half. When the Buffalo Bills started the second half with an interception and the possessions after that, punt, interception, Marcus Freeman is the head coach of the undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and he joins us now and on Sportsmanlike along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And, Coach, we got to bring you into the conversation that we're having. It's a very important, serious conversation. Uh, coach, the best sports movie for kids, and you can't say Rudy, is what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say Rudy, huh? No. You can't, I think there's oh, some Rudy. bias in there, don't you think, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Why, why do you say that? Go ahead. Give us your reasoning on that. Um, one, that was right when I was growing up. It came out. But two, I got a chance to meet both um, head coaches in real life. When I was in the All-American game, they were both guest coaches, I think, for our team. And so um, I just thought it was a really cool experience. And now as you get older and you look back, um, so many lessons from that movie. But, man, that's one that sticks with me forever. Yeah, Coach, I think Trevor Lawrence is a dead ringer for sunshine from Remember the Titans, <laughs> but maybe that's just me. But, Coach, looking at what's going on in the landscape of college football with conference realignment and and all of the natural rivalries potentially being altered because of, because of that, uh, what is your take on what's happening and what we're seeing happen to the Pac-12 and some of the other traditional conferences that are now being uh, reconstituted? Well, and I guess, you know, as you're seeing college football, um, college athletics are are constantly evolving and changing. And, and that's what I'm seeing um, as I, I continue to view the landscape of college sports. But, you know, Notre Dame is in a position that that – we feel great about where we're at in terms of in football, still being able to be independent, um, still be able to, you know, have a clear path to the playoffs and um, still making sure we can truly benefit off of the media rights that Notre Dame provides. But then in our other sports, being a part of the ACC, I know um, our athletic department is extremely excited about that. I don't think the change is done. I think you'll continuously see change happening um, as we continue to move forward. I don't know exactly what it will be. Um, but again, as long as we're in a good position to um, really reach all of our goals, uh, I'm going to continue to support our administration and the decisions they make. Coach, I was watching Wake Up the Echoes. It's a podcast and a YouTube show about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I want to ask you about your quarterback, Sam Hartman. But before I do that, I need you to explain yourself, Coach, because Sam revealed that he's gone fishing with you and your kids in South Carolina. All of the kids caught fish. You did not. What's up with that, Coach? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a reflection of, of me being a better coach than I am a fisherman. Um, 
Listen, I didn't grow up fishing. Um, my kids have kind of gotten into it. And um, any intelligent coach knows that we all have weaknesses. And teaching those kids how to fish is a weakness of mine. So I brought in a better coach, and that's Sam. And uh, he's done a pretty good job. Well, Coach, he's, he's a unique player in the fact that he has so much experience, five years' experience, and with that comes a level of maturity that's a bit different. I know he said in that interview that he, he doesn't look at you as a father figure, more like a big brother. So what, if any ways, have you adjusted your coaching style for a player with experience like Sam Hartman? Yeah, I think you coach every individual to what they need. You know, Sam Hartman's 24 years old and going on his sixth year of college football and has played in a lot of games and had a lot of success. And so Sam Hartman um, doesn't need to, doesn't need me to be his father, right? He has a father, Um, but he needs a head coach that supports him and that really can utilize a lot of his strengths to to really um, put him in positions to have success. And so we meet often. We talk about things that that he feels that he needs to to make sure he can maximize who he is and, and um, different ideas. But Sam needs push like everybody else. You know, there's times that I have to push Sam and, and try to get him out of his comfort zone a little bit, too. But um, he is a, a, a mature young man um, and has done a great job of leading not only himself, but our team. It's on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, joined, of course, by Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman. You guys are 3-0 Navy, Tennessee State, NC State so far. you got Central Michigan coming up this week. Better memory so far this season for you as the head coach in Notre Dame, playing in Ireland or hanging out with Will Ferrell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to give it to Will Ferrell, man. Um what a cool experience to do that. And, you know, the first thing um, I did was I took a picture with him and I sent it to my kids and I said, hey, it's 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 Elf. You know, it's Elf. It's it's Buddy, you know, from the movie Elf. And they went crazy. Um, and, and he's a great guy. You know, I gave him a hard time for being a USC fan. But um, w- what a great experience for me to meet a guy like Will Ferrell, man. Coach, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what's going on with the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime and how these turn that program around with NIL and the transfer portal has been able to have 80 plus transfers. They've already doubled their win total from a year ago. What are your thoughts on coach prime and how disruptive he's been to the traditional college football models when it comes to team building? Do you think it's a good thing for college football where he's taken his program and how he's chosen to rebuild Colorado? I think it's a great thing. And, um, you know, to 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 do things his way and to see the benefits and the, to see the success so early um, in his tenure at, at Colorado, I think it's great for college football and it's great for people that um, that under that want to be leaders. Like, there's no one way to be a great leader, and um, you're seeing that with with what he's doing in Colorado with his players doing it his way. And um, I think it's great for college football, and I think it's great for the evolution of leadership amongst our country. Coach, you've got an amazing way about you. Everybody says it, like your demeanor is awesome, but you have the most pressure-packed job arguably in America. Has it been harder or easier than you anticipated coaching Notre Dame? Um, I wish I could say I knew what to expect, um, but I didn't, you know, and I think um, – the pressure you put on yourself is is probably more than than the pressure that the outside people put on you. Um, you know what? I love the kids, man. I love coaching these young people. I love being around them. And and 
part of that is helping them reach their goals, their football goals. And so we're all competitive. We all want to win. But um, I try to focus on the things that help give you a chance to win. And that's not the pressure. That's not the outside sources that coming in here every day and find a way to win today. And, and that's the truth. And that's the reality. And so when I start thinking about the pressure of Saturdays or I start thinking about the pressure of upcoming opponents, it's a great reminder for me to get back in the moment, win today with these guys and uh, enjoy it while I'm doing it. And, and we get coach saying that with Central Michigan week. If we had him next week leading into the game against his school that he played for at Ohio State, maybe it would feel a little different, right? If all of a sudden it was Ohio State week. And I'm not saying you're overlooking Central Michigan. I'm just saying the storylines around you against your old school, eh, maybe a little bit more pressure there, Coach. Well, I think, you know, it's you look at this week and you look at next week, and I think um, – Two different distractions, but they they both should trigger us to do the same thing, right? As you think about this week, the minute you start thinking about Ohio State or somebody else starts talking about Ohio State, that's a trigger to get back into the moment, get back to today and really focus on improving today, winning today. And as you get into next week, um, then it's the pressure of, hey, win or lose on Saturday. Hey, what happens if we win? What happens if we lose? That's another trigger to get back into the moment and get back into the things that matter, which is winning today. So um, that's what I'll say. Like, um, I know the storylines would be the storylines would be really cool and it's great for college football. But, you know, our only focus has to be winning today because that's what's going to give us a chance to win on Saturdays that we play. Coach, thank you so much for a few minutes. Best of luck uh, this weekend against Central Michigan, and we appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Of course, the biggest story of the day by a mile, the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Unsportsmanlike here at the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, I am Evan Cohen, and joining us now, Phenomenal NFL reporter, also NFL analyst. You heard him on the call on Sunday of the Patriots and the Eagles at Foxborough, and he covered the game last night between the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. It is Sal Palantonio joining us. Sal, which emotion was greater, the high of pregame or the low of the in-game? Oh, the low, without a doubt. But, you know, there was a roller coaster of emotions, a dynamic range that I, and covering in NFL games for 30 years, have never seen in an NFL game, well, other than the Eagles winning the Super Bowl 52 over the Patriots, we'll 
We'll discount that one. Sorry, Chris Canny. I had to get that in there. But uh, the range of emotions, right? You have the 9-11 cell, uh, commemoration beforehand, and Aaron Rodgers comes out uh, with the American flag, and the place erupts in absolute bedlam. And I've been in that stadium many times, and I've never heard it or seen it like that. You know, it was really something like almost, uh, you know, the second coming of a football uh, fan base that has suffered so many years. They were very, very, very into the whole idea that Aaron Rodgers could be the savior of the franchise. And then four plays in, Evan, four plays in. So the first hint that there was going to be a problem was before this play, you're seeing Leonard Floyd just use Dwayne Brown as a turnstile. And then, of course, Dwayne Brown is upset. You can see him frustrated there. Aaron Rodgers gets carted off. But before that, Mekhi Becton allowed pressure to leak from the right side. So back-to-back, there was instances where there was pressure on Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I think it's really incumbent upon anybody who's covering football or covering this football team. You know, you, you want to say what happened. Sure, last night. You want to examine the emotions. That's important. And I was there when he was carted into the x-ray room, and I could see his face, how despondent he was, and he knew right away that he had a serious injury. Then I was there in the locker room and the euphoria of beating the Bills with the walk-off punt return and understanding that they have a defense that obliterated, obliterated the Bills' offensive line and then had a walk-off punt return by a rookie free agent who was the star of Hard Knocks And now you have Hard Knocks 2.0. And so what do you do next? First of all, you have to examine, all right, well, we have Zach Wilson is probably going to be starting at the quarterback position for the Jets for the foreseeable future. What happened last night? Well, Mekhi Becton gave up pressure, and then Dwayne Brown gave up the sack that led to the catastrophic injury to Aaron Rodgers. So you need to change what you do on offense right away, Evan, right away, Going to Dallas, if they're not cook, if they're not in Florham Park today, <clears throat> tonight they probably went didn't even go home. They went right to Florham Park, the coaching staff, and they said, "All right, what did the Cowboys do to the Giants on Monday Night Football, and how can we stop that from happening to Zach Wilson?" Sal, assuming the worst that Aaron Rodgers probably won't play another down of football at least this year, we know that they. They in the immediacy are going to go with Zach Wilson, but do you anticipate the Jets bringing in anyone else at the quarterback position? You know, that's a question that we will allow people higher than my pay grade <laughs> to answer. Uh, uh, I'm just the on the scene, uh, you know, boots on the ground reporter, and I'm sure that they are working the phones to look at their options for sure. Because uh, you know, if they don't have Aaron Rodgers and they have Zach Wilson, and we know 68 different quarterbacks started a game last year, injuries happen to quarterbacks. So you you definitely have to work the phones, and I'm sure that Adam Schefter and and Dan Graziano and others are doing that right now, and I'm sure that Joe Douglas is trying to figure out their options. Right now they're just dealing probably um, with the coaching staff to, all right, how do we win a game? Uh, For the front office, okay, how do we re-fortify this position? And for the rest of the team, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Atlantic Health Facility at Morristown Hospital, which is very close to Forum Park, which is where the Jets do MRIs for all their players. He may be there right now for all of we know. 
Uh, and I just talked to Dr. Arthur Bartolosi, a noted, noted orthopedic surgeon for the Flyers and the Sixers and the Eagles for years and years and years. And he said they are exa- they will examine the Achilles tendon and the muscles in his, around the Achilles to try to determine whether or not he has to have surgery or not. And if he does have to have surgery, we're talking about a 9- to 12-month recovery. Sal, if Zach Wilson ends up being the guy for the foreseeable future at quarterback – What's the ceiling of this Jets team in 2023? You know, that's the big picture question, right, Chris? Now, you've been in a lot of locker rooms. I've been in a lot of locker rooms. I've interviewed you and many players when you have a situation like this. What do you do? You circle the wagons. You figure out, okay, how do we win a football game next week against the Dallas Cowboys? Now, the line moved from three and a half to seven and a half, Dallas Cowboys favored by more than a touchdown after Aaron Rodgers was hurt. So <clears throat> they got to figure out how to beat the Cowboys. And there are ways that you can beat the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody knows that. The Giants didn't know it, got lost 40 to nothing. Can you go down there on a short week? And you know, Chris, when you think about it, when I'm just thinking out loud, right? You don't have to beat the Cowboys. You just. Don't lose 40 to nothing. Right? You don't, right? Am I right about that? I'm not wrong about that, Evan. I'm not wrong about that. Well, he takes credit for both. So no matter what, he was going to win as a Cowboy and a Giant. We build it as the Candy Bowl, Sal. So no matter what, he was going to win on Sunday night. Right. So, I mean, this is the thing. So you, you, you go in there and let's say Zach Wilson plays a clean game and the Jets defense does a great job, which, you know, this Jets defense is a top three defense in the league. You would agree with me, Chris. Yeah. The top three defense in the league. They they do the magic bullet, as I like to say, in the NFL. You've seen it. You played it. When you can get pressure on the quarterback with four rushing or three rushing because your defensive coordinator is smart or your front four is that good and winning at the line of scrimmage, when you can get to the quarterback without blitzing and you can play coverage behind it, which is what they did, your interceptions, you had three picks last night and five sacks. Why? They hardly blitzed him last night. They got to Josh Allen without blitzing him. And if they can do that against Dak Prescott, they'll have success. Final thing here with Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter. You can catch Sal every weekend with Darius Butler, Greg Cosell, NFL matchup on ESPN. Of course, hear him on ESPN Radio, calling games he did with Steve Levy this weekend with the Pats and the Eagles. Nobody is happy that someone got hurt. Josh Allen has to be happy, though, Sal, this morning that there's a bigger story than Josh Allen. Would you agree with that assessment? No, I would not. I think Josh Allen, um, I talked to him at his locker, Evan, last night after the press conference, very briefly. After his press conference, he went into the shower quickly, came out, got dressed very fast. He just wanted to put the bad evening behind him. He expressed real sincere um, emotions about Aaron Rodgers, told us that he went up to Aaron Rodgers, said he loved him and would support him. They all feel for Aaron Rodgers, but they all understand that they're professionals. They get paid to play football, and now they have to turn the page. And the way they responded last night, and here's the important thing. Zach Wilson went to Aaron Rodgers' school this summer. He learned how to be a professional quarterback at least better than he was last year when he got benched. Let's remember, Zach Wilson played poorly last year, but he didn't get benched because he played poorly. He got benched because of a poor attitude. 
If you remember, it was what he said and not what he did that the Jets decided, okay, we got to pull the plug, sit the young man down, let him understand what his role is as the leader and CEO of the team. He learned that this summer. I was asked a lot last night, okay, is Zach Wilson different as a quarterback? He may not be different as a player yet. He's still learning. But I believe after seeing him interact with a lot of people last night, players, coaches, security guards, I've watched him walk out of that locker room many times, sullen, not interact with people. He interacted with the people at MetLife yesterday after the game in a way that I haven't seen that where he understands now how to act because of what Aaron Rodgers taught him, and that is going to go a long way for him to turn the page from becoming a guy who wasn't effective to a guy who can play well. Sal, amazing job. We appreciate the help. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, there is Sal Palantonio, of course, phenomenal ESPN NFL reporter. Coming up, what's next for the Jets, and who's the most overrated quarterback in the league? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPNU, the ESPN app, all of our great stations across the Did you see Sexy Red on the sidelines last night? Oh. Ski. I told you guys, the only thing I wanted today, (laughs) if the Jets won, was to play Ski, but it kind of felt like we should have because of the Aaron Rodgers injury. But still, they got to go up, though. I mean, the team won in dramatic fashion. How often do you have a walk-off punt return? Remember, this was the team on the wrong side of a walk-off punt return for a touchdown up in Foxborough with Evans' team last year. So why shouldn't the Jets be able to celebrate this big win? This was a huge win for them. It was. Now all of a sudden you're going down to Dallas and it's not as daunting because you're not in an 0-1 hole. So if you end up losing to the Dallas Cowboys, which is what odds makers are projecting right now with them being seven and a half point dogs, you're still at one and one in the beginning of your season. You still have an opportunity to build toward an identity that will allow you to be a playoff contender. Right now, you have to feel good about that as a Jets fan, despite the fact that you're probably talking about losing Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. So the Bills are kind of the untold story of last night. And I think it's fair that they're the untold story because Aaron Rodgers was the biggest conversation around the offseason, even in last season. Actually, really, if you think about last night, it was the culmination of the Jordan Love draft pick until last night. The Rodgers conversation as to what's next, how is this going to play out, right? So this was years of conversation. So the fact that the Bills are kind of flying under the radar is understandable. That said, I I just – I can't 
deal with the amount of people out there that think that Josh Allen is on the same level as Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or when Rodgers was healthy or when Brady was in the league and soon to be maybe Jalen Hurts. At what point are we going to acknowledge what is right there in front of us? That Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback. But Josh Allen is also an overrated quarterback. Mm. Every single year, we talk about the Buffalo Bills as a Super Bowl caliber team. Josh Allen is an MVP favorite. He's been to the conference championship game one time. Don't tell me he doesn't have players around him. The Bills absolutely have big-time players. He constantly makes bad decisions. Smalls has been saying all show that he's led the league in turnovers since 2018, the combination of interceptions and fumbles. A guy who makes this many mistakes, who makes that many mistakes in big moments in the red zone with zero Super Bowl appearances and one AFC title game appearance, an appearance that they lost, I get the overtime rules, etc., There is not a quarterback in this league that is considered on a higher level than Josh Allen that is more overrated. You can't find one. It's not Mahomes. It's not Burrow. It's not Hurts. It's not Rodgers. This is ridiculous to think that this guy is on that level. He constantly makes the same damn mistakes. Yeah, and it didn't stop last night. I mean, you're talking about a guy since he came into the league in 2018 that leads the NFL in turnovers. He's had 84 turnovers since he's come into the league. He had 23 turnovers last year in 18 games. Last night he had four. He had four turnovers, including one in less than five minutes to go on a bobbled snap from center on an RPO, which he turns into a quarterback scramble, ends up fumbling the ball and gifting the Jets a point-blank range opportunity for the go-ahead score. Those types of things can't happen with a franchise quarterback. You know what else can't happen with a franchise quarterback? Your team wins the coin toss in overtime, and you're playing up against a backup quarterback, and you end up going three and out, punting it away, and then that team houses it for a touchdown. You got first crack at it to put your imprint on what the game could be. You didn't have to give the ball back to the New York Jets, and yet you did. And that was the routine that we saw for Josh Allen in the second half. Let alone the team ended up having a double-digit lead at halftime. Your offense proceeds to go interception, proceeds to punt, fumble, interception, and then you got a field goal at the end of it before you go three and out in overtime. Josh Allen, when his team was leading last night, was 12 of 17 passing with three interceptions and a QBR of nine. How is that acceptable for a quarterback on a team that has championship aspirations? How is that acceptable for a quarterback that's on the cover of Madden? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's not acceptable, and I'm not going to absolve it. There are issues with Josh Allen. The turnovers are a problem. The red zone turnovers are a problem. The overtime record is a problem. The big moments at times can be a problem. But let's not pretend like if we were doing a quarterback draft right now that he wouldn't go top three, top five. This is a guy that can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. He's got the size. The accuracy has improved. I know right now it's easy to pile on Josh Allen, but let's not forget the resume in totality. He He would definitely go top five right now in a quarterback draft if we were doing this. Well, here's the thing. As a Belichick disciple like I am, and by that (laughs) I mean I love him. I don't know if that's a disciple, but Belichick cares about two things with quarterbacks, okay? He cares about accuracy and decision-making. Could Josh Allen, based on those two traits, be a Belichick quarterback? No. No. Is he better than Mac Jones? Obviously. That's not my point. My point is when looking for a quarterback, the best coach in the history of the NFL 
would say that Josh Allen possesses traits that would not fit with his dream scenario. Don't get it twisted. Josh Allen is infinitely better than Mac Jones. This is a judgment on Josh Allen based on the acceptance that, of course, he's great. He's just not as great as some of the other guys we compare him to. And I'm sorry. I'd rather lesser talent and lesser turnovers than more talent and more turnovers. How I operate in terms of viewing that quarterback position as a fan— I don't want my quarterback turning the ball over that much. I don't trust him. I'm excited when I get in the red zone as a fan. You know what my next thought is if I'm a Bills fan? Are we going to keep the ball here or are we going to give it to the other team? There Has there ever been a quarterback, a championship caliber quarterback, that turns the ball over like this? Maybe I'm missing somebody, but in my head he's you know a Phillip Rivers type where it's like always oh, right there. But then, up, oh, well, he turned the ball over again. When you think about Rodgers, Rodgers had some seasons where it was 30-plus touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. Brady hovered around 10 or less every single year. Manning had his bad, uh, Peyton had his bad first year as a rookie, but never had this kind of, of interception or turnover rate. I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm acknowledging that. I don't know that we've ever seen a quarterback this turnover-prone win championships or a championship. The only one that comes to mind is Matt Stafford back in 2021 when the Rams won a championship. He led the NFL in, in, in interceptions. Okay, yeah. good That's one. the only one that I can remember. But in the postseason, Matt Stafford had nine touchdown passes to only three interceptions. Last year in the postseason, in two games, Josh Allen had four turnovers. You can't turn the ball over at that rate and expect to win when it matters the most, especially against teams that are on the same level talent-wise as you are. And that's the big thing with Josh Allen. Can I trust you when the spotlight is the biggest, when the lights are the brightest? Can I trust you in those moments? And the answer has overwhelmingly been no, especially post-Brian Dayball. If you look at the last couple of years, that's what it's been training toward. You can't trust Josh Allen because of the mistakes he made. So to your point, if we're drafting quarterbacks, Michelle, yeah, I'm taking Pat Mahomes over Josh. Allen. I'm taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen. I'm probably taking Justin Herbert over Josh Allen. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence yes. over Josh Allen. There goes your five right there. What about Lamar? I'm probably taking Lamar over five, over, over Lamar. Listen, Lamar Jackson, say what you will, all he does is win. He's win 74% of his starts. So uh, for all of the great traits that Josh Allen has, the one bugaboo that he can't seem to get past, is doing the most and, and, and when he doesn't have to. It was a situation last night where his team was up double digits. It might as well have been 100 points based on how the Jets' offense played in the first half. And the only way that offense was able to gain any momentum, get any life, was the life that he gave them through the turnovers. That is absolutely unacceptable for a guy making $40-plus million a year. And it happened over and over and over again. This is not new. What we saw last night was not not new with Josh Allen. I think amongst those that are considered great, he's the most overrated quarterback in the entire league. What should the Jets do a quarterback? We will find out that answer coming up. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. (laughs) Time now for Hot Ticket. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Would you have wanted to be at that game last night or not wanted to be at the game last night? Man, did you see the weather before the game? They had a shelter-in-place order at oh, MetLife Stadium. Nah, I'm all good on that one, dog. I appreciate it. Just somebody, I wasn't that's, offering, somebody <laughs> that was at the game, just shoot me a text message. Let me know how the atmosphere was, and I can just absorb that through osmosis. Oh, you mean to tell me that when you saw eight run on the field with the American flag and felt that place erupt, that you didn't think it would be so fun you to You know be what? There? I had a great view of him running on the field from my couch. <laughs> It's a great angle camera. They had it. They showed it. It was awesome. And the oh. atmosphere looked amazing. It's been a long time since I've seen the Jets home game turned up to the max like it was for the first, what, five minutes of that ball. Yeah. Game. Four plays. You yeah, want, four all plays. right, let me throw some drama out there. Ready? What up? Here we go. You know, I just posted a video in New York doing something athletic. Is uh, one uh, Thomas Brady. Oh, boy. Posted him and his, he and his sons playing basketball with Chris Brickley the black ops in the city that mm-hmm. they do all the training videos, Jimmy Butler's guy, and he's uh, like yep. the trainer to the stars. I mean, Tom's just athletic, playing hoops in the city. I don't know. If he's you're Robert tro- Sala, you know where he is. If he just posted that, that he has to be trolling. Oh, if he just I, you know where he is. He, knows he just what he's posted doing. that he's trolling. Well, hold on. Let me, let me rephrase that. His social media team knows what they're doing. Exactly. You know, I, we know Tom Brady's not he running ain't that coming account. coming back and playing no football, man. But when you call him, I'd call him. No, you, you put in a call and you see if it's possible with the league office given, you know, his interest in an ownership stake with the Las Vegas Raiders. But I don't think it's going to be Tom Brady. I think it's going to be a smaller move. It's going to be somebody that Joe Douglas has familiarity with to add depth to the quarterback room, whether it's Carson Wentz, whether it's Nick Foles bring in somebody of that ilk, and see where that goes. Now, does that preclude them from exploring trade options before the deadline? Absolutely not. But they got to get bodies in there right now because the only other quarterback that's in that locker room is Tim Boyle, and he's on practice squad. Do you guys think Brady would be tempted? He's going to take the call out of respect. But do you think he'd be tempted because he hasn't been training in the offseason? We've seen him at the white party. He's doing his thing. He's all over the place. But you heard him when he was being honored at Gillette. He said, it feels good to put this jersey back on again. The Jets are about as turnkey of a situation as he could hope for. This is a guy that's more competitive than anybody. You know he's thinking even okay. in the back of his mind, maybe. Here comes the Patriots fan. <laughs> okay, Here here's, we go. The, here's the thing. As a Pats fan, the thought of him putting on a Jets uniform would make me vomit. As a Brady lover, 
that had to deal with people all these years saying that Rodgers and Brady are comparable, the concept of him replacing Rodgers and then winning, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. You could never forgive him as a Pats fan, though. You could never do that. You if, can't he won, do- if he won a Super Bowl oh. for your division rival. Oh, that would be rough. Be yeah, I was about That'd to say, rough. there's no way you could but forgive him for that. conceptually, like, let's say this happened. I don't even like talking about the injury in terms of, like, a positive spin. But let's say Rodgers walked away and he was in Green Bay. And Brady's like, you know what? I love football. Love the history of it. I want to go play at Lambeau. And he replaced Rodgers and won a Super Bowl. That would be amazing because there are so many sports fans that look at their ba- their favorite player, regardless of who she or he may be, and their comparisons with other people that you're like, are you kidding me? The, the Mahomes fans today are like, you really are going to compare Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. And so that concept of like the double and triple down on the proving to be right A.K.A. the Canty, um, that, <laughs> that 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 you want that? Did we just trademark that the Canty? The Canty. It's like it. you gotta be right. Listen, Tom Brady is forty six years old. Forty six years old, going out there playing in the National Football League at forty six years old. He did it at forty five. <sighs> yeah, he, he would be better than half the quarterbacks barely, right now, and barely survived down there in Tampa. He yeah. had a, lo- easily better had than a half losing the record, even though they made it to the postseason. Would you rather have Zach Wilson or Tom Brady right now? No, I'd rather have what? I'd rather oh, have sorry. Tom Brady, but if Tom Brady at 46 years old just watched Aaron Rodgers at 39 years old get hurt behind that offensive line, do you think he'd be in a hurry to sign up yeah, for that? But By he's the- got pliability, CC. He's doing the stretching. Ain't that much pliability in the world with the <laughs> well, offensive tackles the Jets rolling out there? You know, we unintentionally just stumbled on something. It's actually remarkable that Brady never got hurt enough to miss games for the last decade, basically, of his career. He was always hurt, but he never missed games. And you think about the injury he had, you know, early on, or not early, midway through his career, maybe not even midway with how many years he played. Yeah, that was 2008. Right, that year. But from 2009 until last year, he always played. Well, they actually invented a rule because of the injury in 2008 with the quarterback strike zone. And I remember it as a defensive lineman because I'm trying to figure out how the hell I got to do my job <laughs> if I can't hit him below the knee or I can't hit him above the neck. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bitter diff- about that at all. A, yeah, not bitter <laughs> at that at all. But it's a different era of sports. And if you take care of yourself, relatively speaking, you should be able to stay healthy. But there's nobody that has been more regimented at taking care of their body and, and making sure they exercise in a certain way and getting their rest than Tom Brady yeah. has been. Not even Aaron Rodgers. So why are we to think? That players at the quarterback position, Rodgers included, just because they're great, can have the same level of success that Tom Brady did in his 40s. Yeah, the discipline has been outrageous with Brady. I think the Jets are not fortunate, obviously, to have what happened. But I think the Jets are fortunate to have an option here as a number two pick in the draft, a guy who was humbled in the offseason, at the end of last season, into the offseason, a guy who has learned from Rodgers. And the reason I think they should stick with Zach Wilson, at least for now, is if, God forbid, another quarterback around the league got hurt, I think that team would be calling the Jets to try to get Zach Wilson. I still think he could give them something. He's been in their system. He's familiar with the coaches. He's familiar with Garrett Wilson, who's obviously their best wide receiver, and Brees Hall, their running back. I still think he's your best option. I haven't heard a name all day today that makes more sense, at least for the immediate future, than Zach Wilson. I just haven't. Whether it's Gardner Minshew, whether it's Matt Ryan, who wasn't good last year and is now working for CBS, there hasn't been a name that makes more sense than just saying, 
you're the guy. Maybe we'll look into a backup. There might not be a name right now, but there might be a name emerging as more teams fall out of it and we get closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, no question. All right, Greeny's coming up next. I have a <laughs> feeling uh, he is going to be amazing today. We are on to Wednesday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.